Thank you for listening to this audio recording from the pastoral team at Church of the Redeemer, an Anglican church in Greensboro, North Carolina. If you'd like to know more about Church of the Redeemer, its ministry, or its mission, then visit us online at RedeemerGSO.org. It's my privilege um, this morning to introduce you to you friends of Redeemer and friends of ours, um, Father Heckmott, um, his wonderful wife who's sitting next to Leanne there, Shahini, and his daughter on the end who will be translating for us today from Farsi, Sama, and we are so glad to have you with us. It is our privilege. It was about a year and a half ago uh, that we were at a conference, uh, Matthew 25 in El Paso, Texas, when our Archbishop um, Foley Beach, who was present there, asked um, how we might assist an Anglican pastor who had escaped Iran and was in Turkey and was being deported back to Iran to face what would certainly be a death sentence. And with the assistance of some wonderful people from our ACNA, Anglican Church and North American family, we were able to get uh, Father Heckman and his family on a plane safely to the U.S. The Wilberforce, a member of the Abbey Ministries here at Redeemer, is now working to secure a permanent and safe status for their family here in the United States. So we ask you to join um, in prayer for that as we continue that work. Just a brief word of background. It was in 1979 that a revolution took place in Iran. We know it as the Islamic Revolution of Iran that put in place one of the most oppressive regimes in history, bringing with it severe oppression and persecution of Christian believers in the country and executing many of the Christian leaders at that time. And it was shortly after that, in this same window of time, that the Holy Spirit reached down and touched the heart of this man, Father Heckmont, and he became, he was a, a, raised as a, in a Muslim family, born in a Muslim family, and uh, raised as a Muslim the Holy Spirit touched his heart. He became a believer in Jesus. And he began to exercise a call in Iran to the entire people of Iran, not just privately, but publicly in the churches and began also in the underground church, planting churches. After his imprisonment in Iran, he escaped to Turkey. And that's when we were able to bring him now to the United States um, there are many today in Iran uh, and also Turkey that have become Christ followers as a result of his ministry. Uh, the ripple effects continue, and now we have the blessing of receiving that uh, ministry as well. So, Father Heckman and Sama, we look forward to what the Holy Spirit has to say through you. Welcome. Let's pray, please. سخنان زبان و تفکر دلهایمان مد نظر تو باشد خداوند که صخره و نجات دهنده ما هستی آمین. The words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable to thy sight, my Lord, my strength and redeemer. Amen. Hallelujah. Hello. خیلی خوشحالم که امروز طبق 
دعوت در جف در میان خانواده خودم هستم یعنی در میان شما عزیزان هستم I'm so happy that today according to the God's good will I'm here among my spiritual family and thank you Father Jeff for inviting us here من قادر جان هستم و خوشحالم حقیقتا که امروز اراده نیکوی خداوند شامل شد که در بین شما عزیزان باشم و شهادت زندگی خودم رو برای شما عزیزان تعریف کنم. Um, I'm uh, Hikmet and everybody knows me in the United States with Father John and today I'm here to give my testimony of my life for you all to tell this story. من امروز قصد دارم بگویم چگونه ایمان آوردم و چگونه به خدمت خداوند فرا خونده شدم و اونو خدمت کردم من در سال 1349 and how I came to, uh, how I was prosecuted, flee from the country, and I came here to the United States. من در سال 1949 در ایران از پدر مسلمان و مادری بهایی متولد شدم. I was born in 1949 in an Islamic family, although my, uh, however, my mother was Baha'i, but my father was a Muslim, but I was raised in a Muslim family. اختلاف عقیدتی مذهبی که بین پدرم و مادرم بود باعث شده بود که همیشه دعوا داشته باشم و در جنگ باشم برای همین واقعا من از مذهب بریده شدم و از خدا رها شدم و به طرف فلسفه فلسفه کمونیست رانده شدم یک روز بر حسب تصادف تو خیابان داشتم میرفتم که با فردی مسیحی ارمنی نجات به نام ورود اوانسیان آشنا شدم. I was walking on a street that I accidentally saw uh, an, an Armenian minister called ورود اوانسیان who was standing beside the street and, street and uh, selling books. از آقای اوانسیان یک انجیل تفسیری قدیمی خریداری کردم. And I bought a Bible from that man. ایشون یعنی آقای آوانسیان به من گفتن که کتاب رو بخون اگر سوالی داشتی برگرد من به تو جواب خواهم داد. And he gave me the address of the church and said if you have any questions about Bible you are always welcome to come to the church and we will talk. حدود یک ماه من کتاب مقدس رو خوندم با توجه به اینکه احترام خاصی برای عیسی مسیح قائل بودم برگشتم به کلیسا و به آقای آوانسیان گفتم من هیچ نتیجه ای نگرفتم. So after a month reading the Bible, I so I respected Jesus a lot, but I read the Bible and I went to church 
the church was the Assemblies of God. And I went to talk to him. And I said to Vurur, that Armenian minister, that, look, I have... I, I didn't get any result. So we talked for a month and we discussed about communism and about you know Jesus Christ and Christianity for a month. No conclusion. And he invited me to join the worship uh, service one day. And to be a part of that ceremony. So when I entered the church, it was, you know, I felt something special and interesting that was very different from all the feelings that I had experienced in my life. And, you know, <clears throat> till that moment, I have never had that feeling in my life. Everybody was singing the songs, the spiritual songs. Like now, yeah. It is like flying like a bird, you feel free inside. I was so happy. And I started to whisper and I you know, found myself singing with everybody there. After 15-20 minutes, I saw a light on the altar and there was a cross on the altar and I saw a very you know stunning light on that cross and I automatically uh, went to that cross in the altar and I kneeled there it was very interesting. For, for maybe 20 minutes, I don't know, but I think I fainted and I didn't feel anything. When I woke up, I was, I was transferred to another room. And when I woke up, I realized that the congregation are around me. They were so happy and, and they were saying, congratulations. <coughs> <laughs> <laughs> and they said, uh, Holy Spirit has met you. And I said, who is Holy Spirit? <laughs> He's a person, they said, you will know. <laughs> I haven't seen anybody. <laughs> so, since I felt that joy and I didn't want to lose that, so I decided to stay in that church. During the four years, I was baptized. I became a deacon. 
I started to compose poems, spiritual poems. And I started to compose poems about Jesus and I started to write. And I used to publish them. And after four years, unfortunately, there was some problems in the Church of Assemblies of God. And in another hand, uh, the Islamic Republic of Iran started to put some limitations on churches. It was a chaotic situation. So I didn't feel safe to stay there. And as God led me, I went to to Anglican Church. I, I need to add something here. The Assemblies of God Church was um, a church of Armenian people, and the Anglican Church was only for Farsi speakers, so it was another issue that my father needed to go to uh, another church because of the limitations of the Islamic Republic of Iran and all the governmental authorities. آرامش و انضباطی که در کلیسای انگلیکان بود من وعده کرد در کلیسای انگلیکان ببونم عضویت کلیسای انگلیکان بشم. I became I uh, confirmed and uh, I was confirmed I became I continued my service as a deacon in Anglican Church too. در زمانی که من وارد کلیسای انگلیکان شدم اوایل انقلاب اسلامی بود. It was in the early revolution Islamic revolution that time. یک نفر از اعضای کلیسای انگلیکان رو در شیراز به نام کشیش ارسطو کشته بودند. And one of the Anglican priests called Arastu was uh, terrored, was martyred. و پسر اسقف دهقانی بهرام رو and, uh, and that time uh, uh, Bishop Dehqani was uh, the bishop of our church and his son Bahram was also martyred in Iran. So it was a very chaotic situation. All the pastors, leaders were being terrorized and executed. So and all these things made our bishop to flee the country too. اسخف به اصرار کلیسا وارد انگلستان شد. So and bishop went to England. وارد انگلستان شد و از اونجا کلیسا رو اداره می‌کرد. And from there started to control I mean to rule to manage and arrange the church from England. من خیلی خوشحال بودم در کلیسای انگلیکان و به شدت و با غیرت خداوند را خدمت می‌کردم. So I was so happy in Anglican church and um, uh, I started to um, uh, studied theology through letters with uh, Bishop Dehghani in England and uh, passed my courses. And I, during that time, I wrote seven books, spiritual books. بعد از چند سال ماندن در کلیسای انگلیکان از طرف 
After a few years, I was invited by Bishop Dehghani to Cyprus to pass and continue the theology lessons. To, okay, to pass the course and uh, to that fellowship, uh, fellowship and learn, you know, to get some experience for being a leader. Since the Islamic Republic of Iran was against Anglican Church, as soon as I got back to Iran from Cyprus, the intelligence and the governmental authorities attacked to our house. They raided our house and confiscated the Christian materials and items. They tortured my family. And they handcuffed me with blindfold. Took me to jail. Uh, you have heard about the solitary confinement. Sure. It is a very small and tiny little room and dark. And there is, um, uh, I'm sorry, a toilet right there. That you need to just eat, sleep, and in that small room. And it is a place that you need to fight with uh, Satan there. And whenever they arrested me, so my family didn't know where I was. And I was under the torture. So they... Uh, they used to torture my body. They used to hit me, so I couldn't recognize my own face after that. They, they used to interrogate me for long hours. And if, when I was writing during the, when, during the interrogation, if I paused for a second, they would hit me hard on the back. However, Holy Spirit was with me. And Holy Spirit led me to just bear that situation. Because it was my mission. I was living in Christ and Christ was living in me. There was no other way. There was no other way to bear. Okay, so I was Holy Spirit told me. 
Who shall I send? And I said, yes, this is me, Lord. Jesus said, go into the whole world and preach the gospel to everybody and baptize in the name of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. بعد از بازنشستگی اسقف دهقانی اسقف آزاد مارشال اسقف دایره اسقفی ایران I'm sorry I need to add something uh, um, you know after each you know okay my father was in jail and all the time under some statements with signing some statements and promising not practicing the faith and not going to church he was released for a temporary time and again, after really getting released, my father started to have his own church again at home. He couldn't help it. You know, it was Holy Spirit who was working in him. He, he, he was a believer always. He has been a believer. And after getting released, he, he was always there again. You know, although he promised not to go to church and not having any Christian activities, but he did it at home or in the building church, and this tragedy happened again and again and again for 30 years. Uh, so after Bishop Dehqani, uh, Bishop Azad Marshall was the Bishop of the Middle East. And there was another church uh, that was Paul Church, and it was abandoned for many years. With his permission and with his awareness, I started to build that church again. Yes, uh, we... I, get, I, uh, I uh, got the whole responsibility of the church, and with the help of congregation, we started to open the door of that church, and we build it up again. When Azad Marshall, the bishop at that time, came to Iran again, said, wow, that church was abandoned, and now look how beautiful it is. And we had uh, worshiping service every Sunday morning, so it is not my job, it is God's work. مرام جمهوری اسلامی منطبق نبود من برای دستگذاری به جهت دستگذاری و خدمت به اتفاق خانمم راهی دوبه شدیم so since i uh, accepted the whole responsibility of that abandoned church uh, bishop azad marshall said okay we need to uh, lay hand on you and uh, do the ordination since in iran we have a lot of limitation so none of the pre nobody can be ordained there. So Azad Marshall invited my father to go to Dubai for the ordination. When, uh, my, when my wife and I going to Dubai, 
uh, at the airport, they didn't let me board, and they took my passport, they confiscated my passport, and they banned me from leaving the country because I was going for ordination. And they didn't let us fly. Mm-hmm. And to participate in that conference and ordination. Because it was God's will that I get the ordination here in the United States through the Anglican Church. Father Jones. Okay, so I need to, you know, uh, pause my father here, and I continue this story from my point of view and my, uh, my angle. Growing up, I witnessed... many attacks to our house and our privacy on routine basis. And the governmental authorities would raid our house and confiscated all the Christian items. I was only six years old, and I remember every attack clearly. In that attack, in each attack, I remember that I used to crawl under the bed to hide with fear. I pulled my body under the bed, trembling. However, I was witnessing everything in our house and whatever was going on there. And in that little kid's mind, there were tons of questions, like, why do they arrest daddy? Where do they take him? Why do they handcuff him? And why they pull? his weak body on the ground aggressively. Why my mom gets up to, why they hit my mom and she falls down and she gets up again and runs after them and uh, beg them to stop. So I was watching it, I was witnessing all these things, but it was just the beginning. After each attack, the killing silence at home was even worse. Walking in the house was like walking in the battlefield. And I remember that my mom always sitting in a corner crying. I cannot explain the pain that we were carrying in our hearts that time. But I always say that I believe that my father was the strongest man in the world. And I believe that who, he, he would come back home because he promised. He promised us that everything will be all right. This tragedy repeated again and again and again for 30 years in Iran for us. And the last time they attacked our house, I was almost 30 years old grown up. When they arrested my father, we didn't know where he was for three weeks. We didn't know if he's alive and where did they take him. One of those unforgettable days, I received a phone call from the intelligence and they told me that I need to go to them. They gave me an address. I do not know how I got myself there. I didn't know what I should expect. Are they going to hurt me too, or uh, they are going to give 
my father's lifeless body. According to the experience that we had and we witnessed in Iran, many pastors were executed, martyred. So this time I was not sure what I am going to face with. All we could do, my mother and I, as lonely women, we used to go to the bathroom to pray because we were afraid to be heard by them. They were against Christianity. We were being followed everywhere. Their shadow would not leave us alone and our telephone was under control. I wanted to believe that everything would be all right this time I was 30 years old. I wanted to believe that everything would be all right, as my father always had promised me. But I was finding it very difficult to believe. We were scared, really scared, devastated, confused. And I saw that our life is on the edge of the collapse. After releasing my father, again, my father at that time was 70 years old, around 70, I just sat with him, said, Dad, enough is enough. You are not young anymore. You are old. And he was suffering from depression, severe depression because of all the traumas that he had been through. And I said, look, even Jesus says that Say shalom to everybody wherever you go. And if they do not accept you, just shake off the dust of your shoes and leave. Leave, Father. My father believed that he had been called to serve Iranian people. But this time, I was succeed to convince him to leave Iran. You know... After, you know, to make the, you know, a long story short, we went to Turkey and were registered in UN asking uh, and seeking for asylum. After five, six years being in Turkey, the immigration office of, Tur uh, the immigration office of Turkey called us for an interview. We went there. After long, uh, long hours of interview, they rejected us, surprisingly. With all the evidence we had, all the news, the websites that they were talking about the arrestment. And so we hired a lawyer, all the paperwork, all the process, all the stress that I do not want to talk about it. We at the court, three judges voted positively for us. But again, the immigration office of Turkey offered an objection. And they handed the deportation order to my father. When my father received that deportation order. I was watching him. His eyes, my parents' eyes, both of them, filled with tears. I could read their minds. They were reviewing all the nightmare, all the prosecution, the torture, and they were getting ready in their minds to get back to a country which has never been a home. But I didn't want it happen. I didn't want them to get back to that country because this time could be very different.
It was on 14th of February that I was at work and I received a phone call from my mom. She said, Sama, come home. I said, why? What is wrong? The Turkish police came to our house to arrest us and sent us to the deportation center. We are deported. And I do not know how I got myself at home. I'm just looking for daddy. Where is he? Said, he's out. I said, I started to make you know, phone calls with everybody that I knew and you know, with our lawyer. And our lawyer said, leave that house. Do not stay there. And we were waiting for our father because the Turkish police couldn't find us. And they went and my mom said they would be, you know, they would be back maybe in an hour. So just remember the date. It was the 14th of February, Valentine's Day. And I just said to God, thank you. So it was a very beautiful gift that we received. And then I was yelling, you know, at the telephone, talking to all the church authorities, you know, and telling them this story. Suddenly, my father just stepped into the house with a bunch of big roses, said, Happy Valentine's Day to my beautiful daughter and my beautiful wife. And I was crying. I was just like, you know, I was shaking like this. And looking at my daddy with the, the flowers in, doesn't, has no idea what is going on. I just, you know, I have to tell you, and I always say this story to whoever I know. It was the most beautiful, absolutely beautiful scene that I have seen in my life. The contrast. We are suffering, we are packing, we are running, I'm talking with lawyer, with everybody, and now my father, with a very peaceful face, came inside and, you know, offered us flowers. We packed three suitcases, and we locked the door of our house and left that house with all the belongings behind for the second time. And we started to live in hide. The immigration office of Turkey, and I do not know, maybe the governmental authorities, I do not know, but they blocked the ID cards, the bank accounts, so we didn't have any place to go. We couldn't even go to a hotel or rent a place. So during eight months, we were just moving from one place, from one church to another. Sometimes we spent a day on the street. We had no place to go. And one of those cold days of winter, I just looked at the sky and said, Oh Lord, oh Lord, why have you forsaken me? It was the darkest time of our life. We had no shelter. We had no home. We had no identity. We had no nationality. Nothing. In that time, the only thing that we had was the weapon of prayer. We had no other weapon but prayer. And during that time, some of the people who knew us, some TV channels and radios wanted to uh, interview with us, and they wanted to broadcast the news. We refused to do that because I believe that maybe every single uh, mistake can put us at a very serious 
risk and it can maybe aggravate the problem. So after you know, dedication, dedication, time of prayer, days, hours, we decided to interview. And some of the TV channels, radios, websites, they just broadcast the news you know, to the all around the world. And our news attracted the attention of the Anglican Church of North America. And they decided to help us. God touched their hearts. And Bishop Fully Beach and Derek Jones saw that news and they set a very great, powerful team of armed forces and chaplaincy to take us out of Turkey. The only person that I was in contact with was Justin Cannon Morph. But then, after we came here, I realized there were many, many people out there working on our case to get us out of Turkey. And they have been praying. And one of them is Father Jeff Weber here, sitting in front of us. So, <laughs> and when they decided to save us, I couldn't believe my eyes. I said, that is impossible. How is it going to be? But they did it. So I couldn't believe until I arrived to, uh, in, uh, um, to the airport, international air airport of Atlanta. So as we stepped in the, uh, at the airport, I saw the wall of the believers, bishops, Foley Beach, Drake Jones, priests, deacons, and their family in front of us, saying, welcome home. <laughs> Believe it or not, that time I thought that we were, I can say about my experience, I think I was dead. Really. And I, I thought that I was dead and I entered the kingdom of God. I couldn't believe that I was survived, I, my family. And, you know, for a few months, I couldn't swallow it. I couldn't digest what happened. So I was being hugged, and I was like this. And they said, you are safe. I was just watching them. <laughs> you are secured now, so welcome home. Here is home. I was just watching them. Home. Home. I'm home. H-O-M-E. Home. So, for me, it's the most meaningful world, word in the world, home. And the next, right in the next day, they ordained my father in the church. <laughs> after, after 40 years, 40 years, 4-0, being in desert, Finally, my father was ordained, and when Bishop Derek Jones was laying hand on him, he said, I complete the mission, what Azad Marshall wanted to do and couldn't complete it, because my father was uh, banned from leaving the country. And when he said, priest of God, stand up in front of the congregation, I, I thought that I, I, I'm dreaming. 
I couldn't stop the tears. I was, I was crying. So, what I'm going to tell you today is one of those cold days that we were on a street and we had no home with only suitcases and the weapon of a prayer. I said to God, I said, Lord, my parents were next to me and I was taking care of them. You know, I was really concerned and worried about them. I said, Lord, look, have mercy, not on me, on them. If you save me from this situation, I will tell everybody that it was you who saved us. And I give that testimony to wherever I go. And now I am there. <laughs> telling you it was God's work that we are here. Do not. <laughs> do not underestimate the power of prayer. God hears. And when you pray for something, be ready to meet God in desert. To reach to that contentment inside. We first reached to the promised land inside, and then God gave us the desire of our hearts. So, as Jesus said, seek for the kingdom first. So, I do believe in what Jesus said. So, when I was in that dark time, I thought that I was being crucified. We were being crucified. And I thought that God is so silent. God is not speaking like before. Why it is like this? And I realized that we have crucifixion, we have Saturday, that the apostles think God is dead, and they are in sorrow, they are in pain, and they do not know what is going on. And we were in that situation too. So I thought that we were crucified, and we were in the Saturday of uncertainty. But if you continue in, in that Saturday and in that uncertainty, I'm telling you, you will witness the resurrection on Sunday. <laughs> I'm so happy to be among my spiritual family to worship with you freely, and we are safe here, and thank you, thank you, every one of you, for accepting us in your country. Thank you for everything. I love you. Merci, Father. The little bits of English, I, you may be seated. Uh, the little bits of English we get are a uh, rich blessing. They're always, um, the words that he's learning are the beautiful words. So I hope it stays that way. Thank you.